Welcome. You're listening to the Macyap and Fries movie podcast. Hello, my name is Gavin. And I'm Ian. And today we're going to be reviewing the Stephen King adaptation, The Dark Tower. The tower is all that stands between light and darkness. For thousands of generations, the gunslingers were knights, sworn to protect it. Now I'm the only one left. The tower will fall. Get used to the carnage. Now the wars come to Earth. You really think you can stop me, gunslinger? Before that, we are sponsored, proudly sponsored, by Green Room 136. Green Room 136 is a Malaysian independent bag company specializing in various urban bags, ranging from messenger-style backpacks, wallets, camera inserts, and all related accessories. They're not just built tough, they labor towards building a brand and product culture that inspires hope, damn it. Yeah. So, go over to Green Room 136, and uh, what's the code? The code is MACYAP10, that's M-C-Y-A-P-10, for 10% discount on checkout. So go and... Go and visit greenroom136.com for all your urban carry gear needs. The guys from the Dark Tower could have done. Did you see Roland's, back, Roland's backpack? I saw Roland's backpack. There's a lot of backpacks in... There is. And there's the, there's a lot of bags in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of baggage. A lot of baggage. We'll Too much to baggage. That. Okay, well, full disclosure, uh, I haven't read any of the books. And this is also... This is part of your newfound... Um, not piety. What's the word I'm looking for? Asceticism when it comes it's, uh, to uh, trailers? It's my... It's my well, I, I'm not doing it with all the trailers. Like, I watch the Marvel trailers because yeah. uh, I kind of trust Marvel in that sense. They, yeah. don't, they don't give everything away. And they will lead you down the garden path. Yeah, but a lot of trailers I find these days, you know, they're giving too much away. Or even if they don't give a lot away, there's, there's just too much hype in general. If you haven't seen the second trailer for the new Annabelle movie, don't. Yeah, you were telling me about this. Yeah, because I was like, I was at a normal screening, so I couldn't just stand up and say, What the fuck? But there are certain movies that, yes, I will watch the trailer. But then there are other kinds of movies that I, I started off just missing the teaser. And then after a while, I thought to myself, you know what? I'm just not going to watch any footage. I want to go and see the movie clean. Did you do that for Spider-Man? I, I saw the first trailer, I think, for Spider-Man. And for this, did you watch any trailers? I saw the first trailer for this. Okay. Um, but like, but like uh, the new Blade Runner movie, I haven't seen anything to do with that. Uh, Last Jedi, I saw the teaser. That's all I saw. And the teaser showed barely anything. And I have no desire to see any new footage. I just want to go and watch the movie clean. Because mm. these movies, they get, they're going to be so hyped up by the time they come out. I'm going to be hyped up even without watching any trailers. I just figure, let's just, I just, if it's possible, just go in clean. Yeah. Uh, so but we the, also haven't read the books. That's right. So with all the, the dark, comic book adaptations. Or I know the nothing books. about this. Yeah. <laughs> I have zero baggage with this film. I went in there not knowing a damn thing about it. And I think <laughs> that's the way to go. Yeah, that's the way to go because from what I have read, people who've uh, people who are a huge fan of the uh, the book series aren't too thrilled. Well, yeah, uh, I have already got a comment on a quick. I can't spell his name. Um, what are you What are you trying? This is uh, this is what this is called prep, boys yeah. and girls. Uh, and hey, we're, I just we're, saw it in the we're, car. We're experts at it. I just saw it in the car on the way over. In the car. In the car. Oh, it's on mine. He commented on my thing because he's obviously a fan and um, not a my fa- lunch. A fan of uh, the books, or I think so. 
Okay. Well, you need to specify because you make. Yeah, it sound he's a fan like of the box. Yeah, sorry. Might specify. It sounds like he's a fan of you. Oh no, he's a fan <laughs> of the box. But he did say he commented because he's a fan. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like I think he's he's a bit uh, g'd up for it because he said an eight book series of a total of four thousand two hundred fifty pages makes for a difficult adaptation. Lord of the Rings is a measly one thousand one hundred seventy eight pages, or just over a quarter of the size of the Dark Tower. Yes. Has there ever been a good cinematic adaptation of a Stephen King? Well, let's talk about that. Right. So it's the story of a kid. And the gunslinger, and the man in black. Yes, the last gunslinger, Roland, who... Um, Roland. Roland. Whose <laughs> <laughs> mortal enemy, Walter. <laughs> Ro- no, I can't hear Roland without thinking, Roland the Rat. Mm-hmm. Was all, I remember this uh, interview he was doing with um, Leslie Ash. You know, and then he's like, Leslie Ash, oh, you're lucky your first name's not Fag. <laughs> Fag Ash, yeah. <laughs> It was a simpler time. It was. Roland the Rat. Yeah. Very few people will get that reference. Because yes. <laughs> <laughs> we're old motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Roland uh, in, um, in, 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 seems to be just uh, locked in uh, eternal combat with uh, the Man in Black. Roland is played by Idris Elba. Man in Black, uh, Walter, <laughs> is played by Matthew McConaughey. That really does sort of mess it all up, doesn't it? Like, no one yeah. is named Walter. And they do sort of mention that in the film. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, it's also a, a kid called uh, Tom Taylor plays the kid who is uh, Jake Chambers. Who yes. is, it, the story really starts with him and his visions of, yeah. of Roland and the Man in Black and what the hell is going on there. It's directed by uh, Nikolaj Arcel. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, he's a Danish director. Uh, last thing he did was... Uh, was a film called The Royal Affair, which I did not see. He but did one of the Dragon Tattoo movies, the original ones he, as well, right? He wrote the first uh, Dragon film. Oh, okay. The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, he did the screenplay for that. Um, so, yeah, his last film, uh, The Royal Affair, didn't see it, but it, the critics seemed to like it, and mm-hmm. so now here he is directing this. And he has said, and a, few, and a couple of other people involved in the project have said, that this film is actually a sequel to the books. Yeah. It's a sequel and an adaptation. I am not entirely sure how that works. So apparently, I think the books are the books, and everything else is just ancillary material. Right. Apparently. Right. Or different takes. And I think Uma just pointed this out after the screening that we saw earlier today, that because the story takes place across the multiverse, there can be multiple versions of the same story, which is kind of a dodge in how they can get out of it and probably do another adaptation in five years' time. Right. So at the center of the universe is the Dark Tower, and the Dark Tower is the thing that is keeping everything in check. If you've ever read a Terry Pratchett book, it's basically, I think, the Dungeon Dimensions. Is that what they... There's always... In the background of all the Terry Pratchett books, there's this idea that if the wizards do something bad, mm. creatures are let in from outside. And it's always any kind of new technology that they get in the Discworld books is always that kind of thing as well. There are un... un was it? Horrible... Un, unimaginable horrors lurking beyond the walls of reality and somehow the tower keeps them out. Everything I know about Terry Pratchett books is shit that's been told to me. I've never actually read a Terry mm. Pratchett book. You'll probably hate them at this point. Oh, Yeah. Well, yeah, you mean told so much, like you kind of have to right, discover right, them. Right, right, right. Okay, so that is basically the uh, the plot of the film that the dark to- that uh, the man in black is trying to destroy the dark tower. Yeah. And uh, at the beginning of the film, there's some there's some text before the film kicks in saying that they s- that legend says that the tower can be taken down with the mind of a child. Yeah. A very special child, and enter Jake Chambers, who is a special child. Yeah. Um, and he starts off being special, as in the the kind of like. People but, think he's nuts. Yeah. You know, and they're trying to, and they're trying to commit I was trying him. to think of a nice way to say it, but yeah, they think he's a nutso. He's a bit doolallied, you yeah. know what I mean? Especially, especially his asshole dad. His asshole stepdad. Stepdad, yeah. Fuck right. you, Lom. Yeah. Lom. 
So they're trying to put him away because they think that he's a bit nuts worse. And he had uh, lost his dad some time ago. In, uh, in Fire and Darkness. In Fire and Darkness. And uh, everything that's been happening to him seems to have been happening since then. Yeah. You, that's the impression that we're given. And he's seeing the man in black and he is seeing the gunslinger in his dreams. And he is seeing this war between good and evil and the Dark Tower trying to destroy the Dark Tower. And he does some investigating of his own, which eventually leads him to Midgard? Yeah, mid 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 world mid world mid world mid world. Um, Stephen King has been very open about the fact that uh, his main inspirations for the book series was Lord of the Rings, King Arthur, and the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, and it is. I mean, there is a throwaway line in this that the the guns that Idris Elba uses are like forged from the swords of King Arthur. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's some stuff in there like, <laughs> where they talk about this and then, you know, like uh, Ma- 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 Matthew McConaughey just makes this uh, comment, like, in case you didn't get it, yeah. on Earth, this is what they call it. Like, ah, uh, yeah. wasn't clear. It's like, <laughs> it's, for a moment, it turns into pop of video. So you got Midworld and all that stuff, and that's, you know, that's the, uh, the Tolkien influence. Yeah. There's, there's a bunch of Tolkien influences. Um, going into it, not really knowing what to expect, I kind of ex- half expected it to suck. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it has been shrouded with uh, problems. Uh, yeah, I saw an article just the other day talking about um, an early cut was shown. They did a lot of reshoots about making the story clearer. People weren't getting what mid mid yeah. mid world was. And they wanted kind of to stuff. bring Joss Whedon in, but he was busy with some other things. Uh, <laughs> Damon Lindelof wasn't answering their calls. <laughs> He's like, "Fuck off." <laughs> um, but it is forgettable fun. Yeah. You know, it's it's not a it's not a great film. It's but it's at the same time it's by no means a disaster. No. It is, uh, it's you know it's kind of fun while you're watching it, but ultimately it is pretty forgettable. Uh, it's it feels like a, it feels like you know what what we were talking about after we saw it is like it feels like a decent B movie. Yeah, like it's one of those like it's almost because it is a kid adventure movie in a way. It is. It the is. kid is the main. Is kind of the main hero. You you brought up a really good point where you sort of. You said it felt like a YA adaptation. It yeah. didn't feel like a Stephen King thing. It felt like uh, like like the next like they were divergent. Try, like they were trying to come up with the next divergent or yeah. some shit like that. Uh, and I think that's pretty fair. It and Uma brought up a very good point that it feels like the pilot to a better series. Yeah, <laughs> and he was also he pointed out as well uh, when I talked to him as well. He was saying about like the budget wise, it feels like a, a TV pilot. A bit. It's like certain parts of it look very well produced and very slick, and then other parts of it is like, oh, maybe they ran out of money. Yeah, because when you hear about like this massive battle that happened, the end of the gunslingers fighting against yeah. the, the man in black, it's like yeah, you it's see like, three of them. Yeah, I'd like to see that. <laughs> yeah, I'd like, like to see that sequence. Sounds cool. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's a, it's a weird film. There's some there's some interesting, you know, and a, well, amusing Stephen King. Uh, homages in there. There's a, lot, there's a lot of little Easter eggs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's quite a few. They're they're clearly Stephen King fans. Yeah. If you spot any, let us know. Uh, tweet us about them. We saw. I saw there was a reference to it at one point in a, a fairground. There was also uh, what looked like the Overlo- Overlook Hotel appeared in a photo in a psychiatrist's mm-hmm. office. There's also a nice little, a very you know, blink and you'll miss it nod to Shawshank Redemption. Um, and you know, in terms of the performances, I mean, the performances are. For the most part, fine. Idris Elba does stoic very well. Matthew McConaughey seems to be having a good time playing yeah. playing the villain. He's just wearing his like normal chill at home clothes. He's got like a, fine, a nice shirt open to the navel almost, and yeah, kind of a cool jacket. It's pretty like, cool collar on that coat. It's I like that kind of coat. it's like basically he looks like what he might look like if you imagine Matthew McConaughey going out for a night on the town in New Orleans. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of what it looks like. He looks all right, all right, all right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
Have it, we're gonna have a good apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great line. They I mean there's there's elements of that where he does say so. There's a, there's a, a scene involving chicken. That's very funny. I laugh my ass off at that point. I just like I thought a little bit more of that would have helped it. Yeah, I think that that kind of weighed it down because it's it's sort of weighed down by the what they feel is the importance of the source material. And in the process, you know, it's uh, it, it's the film's not. It's very lightweight. It's it's very lightweight. It's nowhere near as f- it's nowhere near as fun as it could be. Yeah, and because also, they're trying to take it seriously, but at the same time realizing like oh, it's kind of ludicrous with this kind of with this approach that are, that they're taking with it. There's only so many directions they can take it. But it doesn't feel like an adaptation of an eight book or whatever series. Like no. it just feels very. It's quite slight. Thin. It's quite thin. Yeah. It's uh, it's like an hour and forty minutes. Yeah. Something I mean, like that. That's great. And it feel and it feels longer. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't feel like a short movie. Like no. there's plenty happens. But you're kind of like, it wasn't dragging at any point, but it's still just like, okay, figure out their dreams. They're not dreams. Figure out the real, get on the road, get the adventure going, and then it kind of ends. Yeah, it feels like, it feels like, uh, it kind of feels like the, the, the first movie of a director who's been given $35 million to play with. Yeah. It kind of has that sort of feel to it. Uh, so the parts of it that are meant to be epic you do kind of feel that okay it sort of lo- it's it, it kind of uh shoots itself in the foot there but the places where it kind of works is the more sort of um drifter ki- kind of aspect of it where you, where you're kind of seeing the relationship between Roland and and Jake you know against this sort of you know very desert wasteland area those are the parts that at least visually you kind of get a sense of the scope yeah, and it's when it's when they try to go all sort of fantasy action with it that the limitations of the film feel very uh, apparent to me. Yeah, there's a there's a, a fight scene in the middle that kind of works quite well, but the actual climactic fight scene comes off. I don't know. It just felt like it didn't land. I mean, his guns sound very kind of pop popish. Like there's not a very cool sound coming from his guns. You know, like you, movies make your guns sound very cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like you got the Blade Runner guns. You got even the guns in Dunter- Dunkirk. Yeah. The sound there was a violation. These should sound cool. Yeah. But they kind of like just they pop at people. And he does a he does a head first swan dive at one point, and then just like lands on his feet at the next bit. It yeah, feels like yeah. here's a few cool bits we put together, but we didn't really choreograph the whole thing. Probably. It kind of almost feels like they lost faith in the project. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. You know, it's like they, they they suddenly they realize it's like oh we can't just make some fun pulpy sci-fi fantasy. This has got to mean something, but it mm. doesn't mean something. Ah, fuck it. Yeah. You know, it kind of has that sort of feel to it. So what you're left with is something that doesn't fit comfortably into any particular category. Yeah. But having said that, with zero baggage, it entertained me well enough for, yeah. for while I was watching it. But it's not the kind of film that I feel the need to discuss in any shape or form after. No. I mean, the fact that it's called The Dark Tower and we don't get to The Dark Tower or find out, like, do people live there? Is there a staff? I don't know. Like, we don't get to see If that. there was a staff, you'd think they'd be pissed with all this constant fucking <laughs> child rays that are coming. <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ. Child-powered Death Star laser beams coming at them every couple of days. Oh, Christ, it's another shiner. <laughs> the sh- the they, don't bump the- they don't pay me enough to work. Fuck this dark tower. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go clean up all the crap from outside again. Yeah, the shine thing kind of sounds. He's got shine on. That's from something else. It sounds familiar. He's got the shine. I was like, maybe it's pitch it's, black. He's got the shine dyes or something, something like that. that. For me, it sounded like it sounded like a line from Dune. Yeah, you know, and that bit where Idris Elba comes to uh, Keystone Earth. Keystone Earth. They never explained why it's Keystone Earth. Like they don't explain the mythology very well. Is Earth a keystone in the multiverse? Is it like a? I know, is some, it like? I, I've no. I felt that it was just 
Stephen King's fucking wordplay with with the retro classic shit, you know, because you know Keystone, Keystone Cops. Yeah, but it's know? not that's not the name I, I you know, want to invoke. I know, I know, I know that. <laughs> but, but you know, the Keystone is the capstone you put in a, an arc, mm. arcs to hold together. Like I thought they're gonna play on like you know the final battleground will be Earth because that's a key point where the multiverse. You know, if like Thor, they had like Midgard was like the crossing point, right? Yeah, yeah. Like it's where like all the nine realms can kind of it's a shortcut yeah. for all of them. So that makes sense why you would have an adventure here, yeah. As opposed to just fighting in Asgard. None of that shit in this movie. No, <laughs> none of that. And the bit where yeah, like I said, when Idris Elba does uh, come to uh, our 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 world, our Earth, our reality, New York. When he when he uh, when they get out into the street. It just reminded me so much of when Jack Slater in Last Action Hero got to New York. <laughs> the way he bursts out and he's yeah. like looking around, so many people. And like they're in the kitchen and he's about to just shoot a guy with a knife and he's like, no, chef. So so much of that New York sequence with, um, with the gunslinger and the kid felt like Last Action Hero to me. Hmm. It felt like Jack Slater and Danny, the, the, the kid. Like it, the... The dynamic was similar. The fish out of water stuff. The, yeah, uh, the the concept was similar. Even the way it was kind of shot looked a bit similar. Mm. And I mean, they could have. And that, that up. really took me out of the movie. <laughs> I, I just thought... I just kept thinking like, man, I wish I was watching Last Action Hero. Right now. <laughs> I think they could have added more. Hu- I mean, maybe a longer section on Earth because there's a section in the hospital as well, which is quite funny. And like, you know, he's got Hep A, B, C, yeah. D, E. He's got some ra- the radiation poisoning. Where the fuck that come from? But again, like all of those things sort of reminded me of other films and like it it, like that bit in the hospital it kind of reminded me of uh the hospital scene from the first thor Mm. you know a little bit you know and they did it better in thor you know because in thor they nailed the tone like marvel they nailed the tone whereas this one i don't it didn't really feel like they nailed anything they they there were some fun bits there were some nice little moments but overall it didn't really feel like they nailed anything yeah and but and that's not to say that it's like uneven, like it's cool bits, bad bits. It's just like the whole thing is very one note. Yeah, it's you know it'll it'll hold your attention well enough while you're watching it, but it you won't be thinking about it after. No, I think it might be good for like that young young adult market. Mm-hmm. Kids might get more out of it than we yeah. did because it is something like I couldn't think what are the what are the, the kind of I mean not the never ending story, but that kind of ilk, you know, that kind of like young man goes on an adventure thing. We've seen a lot of those. Yeah, and the modern. I, th- I talk about the young adult ones. I talk about the more recent, more forgettable ones. Mm. I've never seen a Divergent. I mean, the Hunger Games. It has a color palette and, t- and shared what with was Hunger that? Games. What was that one that uh, Sir Ronan was in with Tim Robbins? There was one like it was like the City, of Ember, City, City of, of Ember. Ember, City of Ember, City of Ember. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> well, I mean, like it's not the kind of movie that you. That yeah. You, did you, was there any Stephen King cameos? I don't know. No. I did hear. I mean, if there was, I, I I didn't see it. It's a similar one. I was. Talking, I, I sent you the the Twitter uh, account of that behind the scenes Dunkirk thing. Did you have a look at that? I I, I briefly, briefly, briefly yeah. yeah. There's something similar that they did a press junket for this in the U.S. where they got like a lot of website guys and newspaper people and put them on a plane and flew them to Bangor in Maine, mm-hmm. which is where like a lot of Stephen King shit happens. Like Surprising, mo- like most of it. Yeah, most of it. I'm never going to Maine. <laughs> it's fucking terrifying. It's fucking shit just happens there. Well, I'll, I'll put this this Twitter feed in the the links because they. They did a similar tour, so it's like they passed by like the rain grate that inspired it, and they had a clown's arm hitting out of it, and they went to all these different Stephen King places and had themed stuff going on, and it seemed quite cool. And it's like that'd be it. It's a even the press junk. It sounds like it'd be more fun than what the movie was. It wasn't bad. It was just not. I I mean, I think Stephen King, he hasn't had the greatest luck with his uh, big screen adaptations, but I, I would really like to see 
more of his less supernatural stuff mm. get it adapted because those, those he has because he has had some very good luck with misery and the Shawshank Redemption and mm. the Mist. Yeah, and uh, I'm a huge Uma, I'm a Uma hu- doesn't like the Mist. What the Frank Darabont film? Yeah. Well, you know. Because <laughs> I brought that up, I was like, no, that's a no, that's that's a fantastic adaptation. It's a, it's, it's a great adaptation. Yeah. Well, does he like the book? Don't know. Maybe because the he changed the ending. Oh. Maybe that's why. Uh, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> you should do the black and white version of that. Like right? I'm a big that fan of way. Stephen King's um, Mr. Mercedes trilogy. I think that's really good. They are turning Mr. Merce- they've turned Mr. Mercedes into a into a miniseries with Brendan Gleeson. What's that about? It's about a Mercedes killer. Uh, there's oh. this this crazy fucker. He kills Mercedes. No, no, this crazy <laughs> fucker who steals a Mercedes and then just uh, runs over a bunch of people at a job fair, uh, and he gets away with it. And then the the cop who was investigating who was investigating the crime retires without catching him and then after he retires the mercedes killer starts to taunt him it's a little bit like in the line of fire where like the the, mm. the killer comes back and starts taunting the guy and um before he passed away anton yelchin was supposed to play the killer oh right uh which would have been great yeah would have been great casting and um, brendan gleason's the cop is he brendan gleason brendan gleason's the cop uh it's and gonna be a beautiful fucking day <laughs> playing the guard <laughs> and i can't remember who they uh recast i think it was like harry uh thread away or something mm. uh who looks good but the problem is is that he looks like a psycho yeah whereas anton yeltsin who i thought was inspired about that casting is that he he looks normal he looks normal yeah so, he's a relatable kid like he was in um fright night yeah so so yeah stephen king fans i guess set your expectations to waiting for it to come out later in the year which which does look quite good yeah so yeah that's that's our that's our two cents worth on the dark tower oh and jackie earl haley was there it was always good. It was always good. It was the, it was the return because it was that time there was the return of the triple barrel men names for a while. We haven't heard of him in a while. He's in a lot of TV and stuff, I think. Well, no, the acting is fine. The mm. acting is not the problem. Yeah. What's the guy from uh, Cabin in the Woods? Uh, Fran Krantz. Yeah, I felt like maybe some of those characters were there to be there in the TV show version, and maybe the it kind of ca- did feel. It, you know, he kind of does feel like the genius in Alias. Yeah, you know, it's like so I got this new machine. Only the evil version. Yeah. And like you know, those characters will be in every episode of he's the TV the, he's, show. He's the evil Patton Oswalt. Yes. <laughs> he, uh, who's in the circle, is evil Patton Oswalt. Patton Oswalt. But don't watch that movie either. Um, but yeah, like they felt like those are the characters that would be in the TV because originally Ron Howard was going to do this as like a, a yeah, movie, film, then, then it was going to be a TV, TV series, show, yeah. and like maybe Roland and Jake would weave their way through that series. They wouldn't be the mains. Yeah, you would have multiple stories from Midworld and stuff like that, and it feels kind of like that way. You have these characters who are there for like, what's the point of that pretty girl? The guy, the, 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 there's a weird rat face people thing going on that's never really explained. Yeah, yeah. It just gives Matthew McConaughey more chance to say cool lines like, "Hey, rat boy, you're in my house. Put your face on." Yeah. <laughs> Choose a pretty face, and the world's your oyster. Yeah. <laughs> Have a nice apocalypse. I love chicken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's so brilliant. They just walk around the corner, and just in their kitchen cooking chicken. We don't have chicken in where I'm from. We don't have very good modern Stephen King adaptations where we're from. So yeah, that's. I mean, it, it, yeah, it's a, it's a middling podcast because it's a middling movie. <laughs> yeah, there you it's go. Not, we can't even we can't even get a bit energy up to be angry about it. Oh no, it's not the kind of movie you get angry about. It's just it's like it's all it's forgettable fun. Yeah. That's what it is. So yeah, if you're if you don't know anything about it, you might like it. Yeah. But if you're a huge fan of the books, you might be upset. Yeah. So uh yeah. Give it if you've liked this, uh give us a review on iTunes. 
Or you can email us at podcast.mcgappenfries.com. Let us know if you're a fan of the books, what the fuck like, is impressive about it or would make you want to see an adaptation because we don't get it. And uh, you can also get me on Twitter at McNastyPrime. And I'm at Gavia. Thanks for listening. Bye.